Good morning, dear Sangha. Good morning. Probably none of us would disagree that kindness is a good idea. But when it comes to the nitty-gritty of your practice, your formal practice, is the intention of well-wishing there then. And I offer this for some of you, of which I have been one, that I always agreed kindness was a good idea. I thought I was kind. And then sometimes in the nitty-gritty of my practice, I would privilege seeing, seeing things as they have come to be, seeing things as they are, discernment, this kind of verb in English of seeing this ocular center, privileging that way of knowing as if it was somehow clinically clean, hygienic, the best and the worst of the European Enlightenment, of getting a distance from something to know it. Mindfulness is not a cold clinical examination. Let us see today in our practice, maybe many of you are already there, but what it might mean to infuse that gift of seeing and sensing with the well-wishing. As my colleague John Peacock says, the maintenance of sati, of mindfulness, in the metta sutta is equivalent. The maintenance of mindfulness is equivalent to suffusing the world with the Brahma-viharas, with kindness, compassion, mudita, equanimity. When I used to hear, it was an older practitioner than me when I was first practicing, he said the best instruction he got was, it's okay, my love. And I used to think, that's a bit sentimental. How's that going to get you liberated in my sort of young rigor? That's not where it's at. That's what you need if you're just, you know, no, where it's really at is seeing clearly what's discerning. Right? This kind of binary of wisdom and kindness. And only humbly in later years am I starting to see that that ocular privileging of seeing things has gifts, but it has huge holes. Sometimes seeing things objectifies them. They will never show their mysteries of depth when we insist on seeing from a clinical distance. So today, our sati, our mindfulness, we have been practicing bodyfulness. Nikki introduced that word. And 
Again, maybe it's already been there for you from the, from the beginning, but it can always go further, is to add the word kindfulness into this mix. Mindfulness to bear something in mind, not necessarily thinking about it, but holding it in mind, knowing in mind, knowing a thought as a thought, knowing emotion as emotion, knowing sensation as sensation, knowing sound as sound. This crispness is so clarifying and so can undercut the tendency of the mind to spin and make mind-made worlds. Bodyfulness. I'm going to offer two places we are going with this. One is the bodyfulness of abiding here, right here in this flesh and bones and space and blood and presence and living, vibrating, pulsating organism and deepening here. It's not that we just pulsate and that's it, bodyfulness. No, it can deepen and deepen and deepen. We can saturate and pervade (coughs) this bright knowing. The bright knowing can saturate and pervade every cell. And maybe right now, hearing that through your body, not just as an abstract idea to pick up later, but right now, dear Sangha, what would it be to entertain the possibility that this breathing body can be brushed and suffused and loved with the bright, knowing through every cell. And bodyfulness also of being able to know the mind in the body and through the body. One example of that is we can be spinning in our head, let's say with a story, something's happened, what happened? Something terrible, you got up, smiled at someone in the dining room, They looked at you funny. They didn't smile back. And then it wasn't just like, okay, let it go. It's like, oh no, nobody loves me. They're all really dour here. I came to the wrong retreat center. Yeah, it's really painful. And we're spinning in there. Ah, bodyfulness allows us to track that. What's happening in the body right now, my love? It's much easier and slower to get then getting caught in this spin. So there I am. Oh, nobody, nobody ever pays attention to me. What's happening right here in your body, my love? Ah, mm, don't know. Other people sense their body, I don't. Stay a little bit, sense. Ooh, there's this kind of thick, mm, I can sense this thick sludginess here in my chest. Wow. Yeah, but, yeah, but nobody, ah, what about the thick sludginess? Come here, sense unpleasant as unpleasant. Okay, is that going to get me loved? See, my love, 
and we can stay and we can meet and we can widen and we can soften and a lot more can open up for us through body fullness. We can track the mind states in the body and it's slower. It's a slower read. It's more manageable. And it lets the thoughts start to slow down and relax. So mindfulness, bodyfulness, kindfulness, I'm just going to say one thing about. That what arises, sound, the beeping watch or the medical device or whatever is here, sensation, emotion, mind state, thought, whatever arises from the perspective of kindfulness is not an enemy is not an obstacle. Nothing that arises for you today is an enemy. And intellectually we might agree that with that. And then in the nitty-gritty of our practice we learn to navigate with that lens, that way of looking, that attitude. Remember in Nikki's talk the other night, she was using her hands and she said, there's the, I don't know if she said it exactly like this, but this is my interpretation. We always interpret, don't we, everything we hear. There's the object, let's say it's the sensation, the sound, the mind state, and here's the way of relating to it. And we get so busy with the object. Ah, it's that thought, it's that feeling, it's that sensation. No, how about coming to the way of relating and being as interested in this hand, the one that meets it, that goes into it, that disappears from it, that learns to surround it, that learns to be kind to it. This hand, this is where the difference is going to be made because when this hand has more flex, some kindness, some discernment, some seeing, some bodyfulness, this responds, (coughs) opens reveals more and our wisdom is deepened in that participation. So kindfulness, whatever arises, is not an enemy or an obstacle. Discernment may indeed say, yeah, I recognize that's a hindrance, that's a nivarana. Discernment may say, yeah, I see, that is unpleasant, pleasant, neutral, with these very crisp, clear categories which can be so, so helpful. Discernment may see all of those things, and it's powerful. I may be able to see the sorrow in my heart as unpleasant. I may be able to see the flurry and the worry and the restlessness as a hindrance. And kindfulness infuses that investigation with wishing well. It sounds so simple, but kindfulness, this is not an enemy, this sound, this thought, this sensation. right in the nitty-gritty of our practice, 
has a tremendous power. And while we divide power up into a binary of, well, there's the real way of knowing through clear seeing. And kindness is what you do on the side when you haven't got any wisdom. If you have it all, it makes me kind of quiver, cringe now when I hear my old views. While they're a binary, we have work, beautiful work, noble work, for our benefit and clearly for the benefit of all. Because how we gaze upon ourselves, we gaze upon others. We gaze upon the world of humans and more than humans. And they will appreciate that we see that they are intact, that they are not an obstacle. More than that, they are kindred in so many more fundamental ways than the marvelous particular differences that we have. So I'm going to offer three arenas for you to contemplate and you may find yourself in all three during the day and then I'll guide us in to sit. The first arena, would you like me to start with when you're really tangled up and spinning in a big tangle or when it's really doing okay? Point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, someone's worried. Okay, I'm, I'm afraid the majority vote was uh, towards the real tangle, tangle, tangle. Let's go there, because it happens, doesn't it, on retreat. So there I am in a big tangle. I haven't seen it's a tangle. I'm just in it. I'm just in it. And my mind is spinning, and um, I don't know, something happened in the meditation, or somebody looked at me funny, or um, I slept badly, or I don't know. Things are just, there's a multiple hindrance attack, but I haven't seen it's a multiple hindrance attack. And I'm just like, oh God, how can I endure five more days? How can I endure? And we kind of, in a distressed, a distressed place of kind of counting, going back to our room and counting, okay, I don't know, 400 hours, 398. I remember on retreats, like, you know, ticking off the days, and it's like, oh my goodness, time has become really, really, really prevalent. When time is like writ large on in your mind, probably we're in a bit of a tangle, a bit of a, a, a knot, yeah. So that can be a clue. Waiting for the end of the sitting. Oh, gosh, you're waiting for something to end, my love. What's going on right now? How can I endure? How can I endure these people who... How can I endure this teaching that? How can I endure the pain I am asked to bear? First, Dharma lens, this is dukkha, my love. This is dukkha. First noble truth. It's not personal. It's not your error. This is dukkha. This is suffering. You're on the map, my love.
some of you were telling me in the groups in the last couple of days appreciating Nikki's uh, it's okay sweetheart it's okay sweetheart it's okay to have dukkha it's okay to be spinning this is the territory this is the work my, my one is it's okay my love The first task when we're in a spin, in a way, is to meet ourselves, And that might be with a hand on the chest or a hand on the head, sometimes for me a hand on the legs or touching the ground in the gesture of the Buddha. Like when I touch the ground with my hand here, I plug myself into a bigger circuit board of earth and community and space and stars and ground. And I plug myself into a much bigger, more intelligent circuit board than I've got going here. Ah, ground. I've sat on that floor there, spinning in distress, and the only thing I could do was touch the ground with my fingers. And then the breath can come, breathe out, my love, it's okay. This is the work, breathe out, all the way to the end. We've got you. And I remember all the teachers and all the benevolent beings who've said, it's okay, my love. It's not because you're wrong or something's wrong with you. This is what we're here to see. So there's an accompaniment. There's a widening of the sense of self beyond that little tight pen where the horses are raging or the horses are stampeding or they've laid down in despair. We give the self a bigger intelligent circuit board. I touch the ground. I breathe out. And what might kindness look like here? It might look like remembering Kuan Yin at the back. It might look like remembering someone who's met you and seen you and not judged you when you're spinning and trapped and kicking and fighting or collapsing. It might be you, a bigger sense of you gazing upon you like last night. May you be well, my love. Using the phrases in a language close to your heart, may you be well. It's okay. May you be safe. It might be that there's enough quiet that starts to come in the midst of the hullabaloo inside. And you open your eyes and you sense the hall and you remember how much you love at times the quiet here. And you might have the intimations of the mighty trumpeter That's a poetic idea. You might have a mighty trumpeter. Or the gentle whisper, or, or the gentle wings of the birds out there, that kind of sound. We don't have, I don't know the same sound as the birds I heard by the reflection pond when they pull out of the trees when you walk past. It has this sort of velvety flutter. 
this gentle touch, this whisper of what is more than you that can touch the places that seem untouchable. And then the discernment. Oh, this is, this is dukkha. This is, wow, this is restlessness and worry. How can I endure? There's something wrong with me. And then we judge ourselves further. Wow, look, there's judgment. There's judgment of myself. I'm already having a hard time. And now I judge myself by the measure of meditation. And the discernment, the clear seeing is there. And we have the ground and the clear seeing and a little bit of kindness. And we start to find our feet. We start to find our breath. We start to have faith in what is quieter to allow this spin like water down a plug hole to slowly start to find its way to the opening and drain down. A second level is when it's kind of okay kind of okay. There's not much hindrances going on. If they are, they're not very problematic. But then there's this sort of compulsive itch, but shouldn't I be worrying about that thing I'm supposed to be worrying about? Shouldn't I pick up this thing that I'm supposed to, you know, sort out? What about that email that that person who doesn't is angry with me? Shouldn't I start thinking about that? And sometimes we can see it's a very important moment in meditation. It's Not much is going on, but there's almost like a compulsion to pick up something. Have you seen that? It's like, oh, I can pick, I can chew on this bone. Now, of course, at times there is place for reflection, but really know the difference and really practice not reflecting, right? Can I learn how to not pick up that bone to chew? Because if I train that muscle to put that bone down, that muscle will mean that when I do pick that up after the retreat, I can pick it up with more light of a light touch. I'm not compelled to pick it up. I have more room in picking it up. I have more skills in picking it up. So practice not picking it up. Sometimes we've already picked it up and then we work with that. But sometimes it's almost like, here's the bone. What about this? Want to chew this one? You should. Good people would chew this one. You might thank you. I'm practicing not picking up everything that consciousness offers to me. Because if I pick up everything that consciousness offers to me, and usually the loudest things, I will soon go. I don't know what the word is here that sounds kind. I will soon go. bit bonkers. (laughs) or more, or more, and many of us will know them more. So what would it be to not pick up the bone as an act of kindness, that that's kindness? It's not bypassing. 
If you're worried about that, come ask a teacher in two or three days' time. It's practicing a muscle of discernment and kindness. And see there if you can let yourself deepen into what's really okay. What is really, really okay? Might at first seem neutral, the bodyfulness. Not much there for you, not much for you or against you. But can I breathe out and deepen into the stillness at the end of the outbreath and let the dumber doors of neither pleasant nor unpleasant open their curtains into the vast mysteries of deep abiding. So let us practice. I'll say the third. I'll guide us into the third via the third. And then let's sit. The third would be nothing, no hindrances. I'm not even compelled to pick something up. And it's really more than okay. And out of kindness, can I really let myself receive and deepen in that? (coughs) Okay, dear Sangha. If you're willing, taking on the possibility that whatever arises today is not an enemy. Your mind state. Each of these can be known. With mindfulness. With bodyfulness. With kindness. How does your body like to begin the sitting? Do you like to, right now, maybe elongating the posture can be good sometimes. See the way your body would like to take their seat. Maybe a little space under the armpits. Maybe opening the jaw. Maybe letting the belly Take up its room. Maybe it's helpful for you, it is for me, to scan, 
gently through from the head down to relax any unnecessary tensions. <laughs> Ones that are just on the surface, they can, behind the eyes. Ah, oh, yeah. And the jaw. Brushing. Brushing with the bright, kind awareness through the arms and the fingers, softening. the torso and the back and the hips, letting the bones of the hips metaphorically widen, lots of room there, breathing in, breathing out. Letting the legs soften, brushing them through with kind, knowing, to the toes and the bones of the feet. And if it is relatively okay right now, if it is relatively quiet, relatively little reactivity, can I Receive the generosity Receive this gift Deepening Steadying, breathing in, calming this whole entire body. Breathing out. Steadying, deepening, quietening,
Dear Sangha, letting your head rest into your heart. Letting your heart rest and spread into the body. and letting the body rest. Touching the ground. Awake. Knowing. suffusing with kindness. 